Welcome back to the Balancing Act podcast. I'm Andy Tempty. On the Balancing Act, we talk to business leaders and industry experts to explore the balancing acts we play in our professional lives and learn about the events that put rocket boosters behind their career success. Today, we have Eric Stone joining us. Eric is founder and chief executive of Clear Path Ventures and author of Jumpstart Your Workplace Culture, Roadmap for Igniting High Performance. He was also a regional VP for Enterprise Holdings for over 26 years. So I think we're going to hear a lot about that today. Uh, welcome to the show, Eric. Andy, pleasure to be here. Thanks for the uh, the kind introductions and excited to have the conversation. It's going to be great. And this is part of a mini series that we're running on workplace culture specifically. So I'm really interested in what you have to say today, Eric. But before we get started, we ask this question of all our guests. Please tell our listeners your story. Okay. So, well, I'll go back to the beginning of where the love of business came in. And, and it all started from my parents. Father was a textile salesman used to eavesdrop when I was a young guy growing up and hearing his stories when he'd come back from a big business trip. And my mother was a teacher who was all about coaching, training, caring about nice. individuals at a high level. And I really took kind of their skill set and used my love of business. So I was the odd jobs guy for running his own business growing up and everything you could attempt to do. Uh, I, I enjoyed doing it. I loved the interaction. Went to college for business at Roger Williams, and since the Boston Red Sox weren't hiring for a GM at the time, uh, though they just filled that position now, I uh, I, I got lucky. I landed into a company called Enterprise, at that time Enterprise Rent-A-Car, which became Enterprise Holdings, and they just changed to Enterprise Mobility. I <laughs> was fortunate to be one of four in an office. You know, starting out my career, having a chance to, to to learn throughout all those years to eventually having a chance to be part of the Southern New England region within Enterprise. And we were fortunate to have a lot of accolades and recognition about balance. Speaking of what you talk a lot a bit about, how do you get balance with an organization from those core areas? And then I remember a reflection of interview questions I used to get asked. Eric, what did you and your team do to build this unique sales culture, service culture, organizational culture? And that always was in the back of my mind. And so I eventually hung up my enterprise cleats after, as you said, a long journey into an opportunity to spread the word instead of to a couple hundred people. I wanted to spread my message to maybe tens or hundreds of thousands of people, not just the message, but ability to help them impact their organizations. And in, in between that, created a, a Clear Path Ventures to help people create a clear path to success, do some speaking and all of that stuff. And a book is formed with all of those, I guess you could say, lessons learned. There you go. And the book is uh, on your, above your uh, left shoulder there. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Right. Uh, Eric, if you had to pick one event in your life that just put uh, rocket boosters behind your career, what, what is that event? If it was one, and there was, there was probably sev several, but I, I will tell you, when I first began my career, it was actually hard. I was actually in a stressful environment in the beginning because I just didn't know anything. And I ran into one individual who actually showed me the whys, and he taught me why we were making decisions. And that really impacted me because it made sense. 
And I always learn that lesson that if I can help people understand the why behind what we're doing, it will help create what it did for me was this love and continued passion for business. And so that one thing was that individual who was to this day, someone I would lean on as a mentor really helped me understand what goes behind the business. So instead of just saying, hey, go sell, why is it important to sell or whatever it might've been? That was probably one of the bigger things that really helped shift my management style and leadership approach. Yes. Uh, the mentors in our lives, uh, it, it, they are, they are so important. And yet so many of us, uh, do not, uh, take the initiative to cultivate those, uh, mentorship relationships. So, uh, well, I'm sure we'll be talking about that through, throughout today's, uh, discussion. Uh, Eric, let's dive in, uh, talk about your new book in workplace culture. What prompted you to write Jumpstart? And uh, can you define organization, organizational culture from your perspective? What does organizational culture mean to you? Yeah, so I, I would go back to the genesis of the book was really that common question that was coming up throughout my career really inspired me to kind of try to put something pen to paper. And so that was maybe some of the inspiration and love of bringing a group of people together, whether it was a sports organization or a business to achieve this kind of unique, special, sustained excellence or result. You know, for me, I, I, I wonder if I look at it differently, but if I had to define what organizational culture is, it's, it's really behaviors and actions. So just three simple words that to me are very trainable. And so when I say trainable, if they're behaviors and you can train people to execute behaviors, and when you execute those really good behaviors over an extended period of time, you create this consistent experience. That consistent experience leads to hopefully the positive right outcomes. Those right outcomes become contagious. And so if I had to look at organizational culture, behaviors in action is probably the simplest form of a definition for me. And so behaviors, actions, what sets your book apart from the literal sea of business books that focus on culture. If you go on Amazon and type in book and culture, there are just so, so many of them. What, what sets yours apart? I think there were, a, I think there were a few. And that was the big thing before I even took that journey of the book is if I'm going to do this, it has to be something slightly different. I mean, it is hard to reinvent things. So I'll give you an example. When you want to get in shape, guess what? You want to sleep well, eat well, and work out. I mean, we all know that, but right. so it's simple. The execution of everything is not so simplistic, simple approach, not so simplistic. Same with building this high, high performance culture. I, in my opinion, and there are an amazing amount of books out there, I felt there were a lot of these abstract theories and philosophical approaches to, I was very much a practitioner of not just theorizing on something, but providing a practical roadmap with many of my initiatives or approaches and specific examples of how you do that. And I think what I opened up with is this unique culture is misunderstood. I think it has a bad rap for some reason. I think okay. people think it's soft and sensitive. And while those are components of it, I love your balance theory of, you know, in my opinion, this empathy with accountability, this relationships with results, 
you know, building something of high character with high standards. And so to me, those are just a few things. I think the, the other big thing was an ability to measure culture differently. And so I looked at a baseline that organizations can do to take a look at the health of their organization. And those are just a few things that I think separate it. Yeah. Uh, not to take too much of, uh, of a 90 degree turn here, but do you believe that culture comes from the top, from, from the, from the C-suite, from the CEO, uh, or can I, as an individual contributor, make a difference? Yeah. I, well, I think it starts from, from the top. I think in order for it, as I write about these, you have to have these culture carriers. You have to have those mid-level individuals who are really in, in the action every day uh, to assist with the building of it. So I think, you know, the values and the behaviors that go behind the values are hopefully orchestrated from a high level. They have to live it, of course. Right. But what my struggle was, and then about you, Andy, is as I grew within a company, people wouldn't stay with the company because of me as I became an officer of the company. It was really because of all those who were doing the hard work. And so you really depend on these others to carry out the message and to live those behaviors in action. Right. So let's talk balancing acts. It's the name of the podcast. <laughs> if you are a corporate decision maker, uh, likely the chief human resources officer who's in charge of improving an existing organization's cultural landscape, what's the most important balancing act that you as the CHRO must consider before diving into a cultural transformation? Yeah, I, I mean, for me, I think the simplest approach was always, you know, and it's the simplest uh, listen, observe and learn process. And so I actually use an hourglass throughout the book that defines an approach of what people can utilize. And at the top of an hourglass really is this first phase. First of all, you got to celebrate the successes the organization has had. It probably isn't all bad if there's a struggling one. And so really celebrating some of those things that are working and then getting a deep understanding from board members, clients, customers, stakeholders, employees, and really trying to synthesize. So as the hourglass eventually comes out, you're taking all this information and eventually trying to synthesize to create clarity. But for me, the, the first phase is really about trust. <laughs> it's about relationship building instead of, and as you know, with an hourglass, the word hour, us, our, together, not an eyeglass, like we both have, which would be I. And so the top of that hourglass really is important. That's that discovery piece before you just come in and try to change the world. Is that your version of there's no I in team? The, that is my, that is the, my the version. H hourglass, the hourglass? That's right. That's the simplest way I could. I'm a simple thinker. So that, that, that's wonderful. I, you know, some most people are listening to this and not able to see what you're talking about. So just to spell it out for everybody, it's it's the word hour as in hourglass, but the H and then the hour as in the culture is hours. Am I interpreting that correctly? You are, you are spot on. Yeah. And it's the top part of the, the, when you think of an hourglass, just the tip at the top. Now what's interesting about the hourglass, of course, is on each side, you'll normally have something that is the foundation of it to the right. left of the foundation. Those pillars that will come down for those who can't watch this is, uh, you know, one side is mission, vision, values, which are going to guide your decisions. And the other pillar, of course, is policies and procedures that also will guide your decisions. And so there's a little more to the hourglass, but I'm sure we might have an opportunity to hit it as we continue to talk. 
Awesome. Well, Eric, uh, we're going to take a really short commercial break and we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Andy Tempty. Over the past 35 years, I've learned a lot about business leadership and I'd like to share those lessons with you. Ask yourself, how do I create an effective, sustainable management operating system? How do I design smooth workflows to better serve the customer? How do I balance organizational trust with accountability? The Balanced Business describes the practical, step-by-step process you need to answer these questions. Order your copy today, wherever books are sold. And we're back with Eric Stone talking about the world of corporate culture. Let's run a little thought experiment. I love to do these. Eric, suppose you're talking to a mid-level manager or an individual contributor who's working in a business or institution who believes their company's corporate culture is suboptimal. They likely feel stuck and certainly a degree of powerless. What advice do you have for this individual or for this mid-level manager to make a difference? Yeah, great question, Andy. I would, the recommendation I'd give is start within the four walls you exist. So, you know, depending on if, you know, your team is four, five, eight, team, department, whatever it is, I I think it's important that you start right there. And I think it's important that you live those values within the organization that they're they're at least espousing. It might not be actually happening, but, but, and so I'd say start, start there. I would then say seek others. So you got to seek out that mentor, seek others out who are in alignment with. Because again, just because there are some challenges within a culture does not mean everything is is broken. And so now that you've got your four walls that you're living, you've now seeked others out. You also then eventually need to be a culture carrier of your own. And you need to kind of work your way out to spread the message. So inner four walls, seek others out, and then be some of the voice. And then I always use this simple ABCs of communication when I talk about building culture. The A is the amplify. That's the easy thing. When, when, when things are really exciting or going well, the company has something really special, I definitely want to amplify that to my team. It is posted on every wall, on some, the back of someone's shirt. I mean, you got to have fun with it and amplify the message. Yeah. Where, where the, uh, the B and C come in is the buffer is really important because sometimes there's some noise. I call it, you have to be the distra- distraction catcher. You've got to be able to remove the noise and create clarity, like in an hourglass, right, where that sand goes through. It's very simple. It's easy. I get it. And then there's components you're just going to pass on or convey. And that C is you'll, you'll learn to convey some of those things that I call the ESPNs, the, the did you knows. And so if you can use some of those things, I think that's a really good start uh, to, to help build a culture yeah. for that individual. One of the things I like about your hourglass approach is at the very top, you you are not assuming that everything is broken. And it is so easy uh, for us as human beings to uh, amplify the negative, to look at what's wrong and to then make the assumption that everything is wrong, everything is broken, everything is a problem. So starting with what's working and then building from there, uh, very, very, very smart. Yeah, no, I, 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 absolutely. I think I know in any time I've either taken over a struggling opportunity or guided somebody, um, there's some pretty impressive things that were going on, you know, right. and and uh, and you do want to have a chance to memorialize and celebrate. So absolutely. Yeah, and a lot of a, a lot of leaders and uh, they're 
the leaders who are listening to this, just remember when, when you come in, you don't have to throw everything out uh, and, and start from scratch. Uh, look for what's working first and celebrate that. I think that's an important lesson uh, for this show. Eric, let's uh, run another small thought experiment. Now you've got a CEO sitting right in front of you right now who's been quote unquote sold a few times on what they've begin to view as gimmicky programs to improve corporate culture and nothing's really moved the needle. They don't want to give up, but they're, but the frustration is building throughout the organization. There, there's been a flavor of the week that's been, you know, trying to be installed. What advice do you have for this CEO to put them on the path to success? So the first thing I would do is I would want to really define what gimmicky is because I want to get a good understanding because gimmicky is, is a word that makes it almost like I don't believe in it. So there's right. been some other salespeople who came in and tried to schmooze me on. and But that's the wrong approach. That is, of course, that, that is not what. And so I would really wonder, number one, what was gimmicky about it? Um, what wasn't working? Number two. So the gimmick, what are the things that you feel weren't working? And why are there so many flavors of the week? And so I'd, I'd have to dig in first. And then I would eventually try to say, what are your priorities? I mean, what are the things that in the hourglass, what are those things that everyone should be saying the same thing about? And that is like the first introductory. And th those responses, of course, are going to change where this goes. I'd start there. Yeah, I, I really like how you framed, reframed the gimmick as likely bias and skepticism on the part of uh, this, this CEO uh, and, you know, these, these built-in biases that we all have, that they're, that the CEO's lens has been viewing whatever has been uh, tried or put in front of them uh, as a, as a gimmick, because there's just that, uh, that built-in non-belief uh, to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. Very, you know, again, whether it's sometimes it's body language, sometimes it's the words we choose really tells you a lot. It's even like the interview process. There's such an, an art and a science to interviewing, but that already would, would really be what I call a tell or, or a, you know, like in a poker game or something, something's not adding up. I don't love that word choice. Doesn't mean it's wrong. Doesn't mean they didn't misspeak, but I need to, I need to understand why it's gimmicky. Right. Yeah. That, that's, very, very good advice. Uh, now let's have some fun. Uh, I'm going to put you in a time machine. Uh, you can send a message to an earlier version of Eric Stone. What's the message and what previous version of yourself do you choose to send it to? Okay. So does, this could go a couple different directions. If it goes that uh, I am, uh, I'd say 1980 before Apple's IPO, I'd probably say <laughs> tell Eric that the Apple IPO put his mom and dad's money and, and his uh, his bar mitzvah money in, into a kitty, you know, and 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 uh, let it ride. Step one. Right. If it was for more, you know, uh, seriousness of you know what are the things that I think could really help is, and I know I still struggle with it, and Andy, I don't know if you do, is just taking the time to celebrate your victories and understanding that what you think is a big issue usually isn't a big issue. And in my opinion, there are three, so I'd go back to, you know, you know 15, 16, where you're going to start facing some of these things. 
But there are usually three big decisions in life, in my opinion, that allow your decision tree to be much easier. And for me, it was finding the right partner. It was finding the right company. And then it was the decision to raise a family. And by having, of course, and having these principles that you hopefully will live by. And by doing that, life is a treadmill. It is, it never stops. Those are the big ones that make others a little bit easier if you've made the right decision, knowing that life always has a curveball. So those are a few things that I'd throw. First, let me help myself financially. <laughs> and then let's get some, some things that also might benefit little Eric in, in his uh, growing days. <laughs> Yeah, I I think the the latter is uh, is is certainly more more impactful because if you are able to do the former and uh, go large on Amazon in 1997 or Apple's IPO, uh, are 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 you able to actually uh, do anything with that money? Are you able to be happy uh, and uh, and 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 be a contributing member of society? Uh, which is what the the, the latter part of your yeah. message to yourself is uh, really really all about. Uh, I I fully agree with you and many of our other guests when I ask this question, uh, they stress you know make the time to celebrate successes, make the time to uh, not uh, ha- you know th- that that big deal that you think is a really big deal right now. You know it's. Yeah. It's in the grand scheme of things, it's really, it's really not. So uh, perspective is a skill yeah. that I think we can all learn a, a little earlier. I, I know I, I could have done so. You know, Andy, one thing I did, and I probably, if it was a time capsule, I did it probably, a, it might've been around the new year. I, I created 21 principles for my kids. So I have three kids, 24, 22, and 19. And I, I just wanted to have something, as I mentioned, to say about decision-making and life perspective. And so I created these 21 principles that will help guide you through your journey in life. Nice. And they start with family and go to a whole bunch of other things. I'd probably throw that in a capsule back to me as well, that if I had another way to, to do it. But I think that would be really helpful as you, you guide your journey. So, Eric, we're nearing the end of our time. What's next for you and where can folks connect with you? So for me, it's it's really going into the second marathon of book writing. So first first one's actually writing it, which which is many people will understand. You know, it's like in thirds, third of the time it was amazing, third of the time it was okay, and third of the time it was torture for me. Um, And once that was complete, trying to celebrate those victories, right? Learning from what I would try to tell my younger self. And then the next marathon, of course, is really getting your book out. And so been doing some traveling to get some momentum with the book, whether it's a Barnes and Noble retail store. I had some really fun colleges uh, that I certainly couldn't get into support the book from the Harvards and Yales and UPens, And I'm doing a trip to the West Coast, to Stanford and in that area. So it really is about getting the word out for the book and now taking that message and impact, hopefully that I can deliver. I'd love to do and have continued to do some speaking. I think that's where I really enjoy and of course, if you do things right, individual coaching and other clients can come in. And where you could find me is on LinkedIn is probably the simplest thing, searching for me under LinkedIn. And Instagram, thanks to my daughter, who is uh, a social media guru, and I am not at all. Um, Clear Path Ventures underscore. We have uh, an Instagram account. 
And so that's actually been really fun because, you know, here I am, this Gen Xer and my daughter being a Gen Z, and we've had a chance to have some fun with this book. So that's been a a little bit of a treat, but that's really what I'm going to be up to over the next uh, period of time. Excellent. I, I love the third, a third, a third. And having written uh, two books, I can attest that it, that the third, a third, a third is actually a thing. And also to all of you out there who uh, aspire to uh, write a book, the writing of the book, as Eric has pointed out, is only half the battle. And it's probably even less than half the half the battle because once you get done getting your message out uh, and uh, and and making the impact and the change on the world that you want that you expect to make before you get started, that's when the hard work uh, re- really really happens so. Yeah, I, I call it like I talk in the book from culture carriers to book carriers. You need to get them into the right hands. And yep. so it's great that you might have a thousand sales, but are they the right thousand folks who can truly carry your your vision, message and impact hopefully out? So, right. Yeah. Well, Eric, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. You are a fantastic guest and I am certain that our listeners have learned uh, not just one, but uh, but quite a few things from you today. Well, Andy, been a pleasure. Thank you so much for letting me share some of my experiences. Andy Tempty, this is the Balancing Act Podcast. You can find us on all the major podcast streaming services. Please like, subscribe, rate, and most importantly, share this public good with your friends, with your colleagues, uh, so that we can get the word out about changing and influencing your workplace culture. Have a great day.